0: Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Well, to
1: be quite honest with you, it is nice that Kentucky is back on the the lips of people. As today, at 5.45 p.m., it will be a virtual, that's right, a virtual Kentucky Derby. To be honest, that always has been kind of the feeling, right? Because we're not there, we just watch them in real time. But tomorrow, being that not even Kentucky can go to Churchill Downs, they have now made it a big day of horse racing at 5:45 p.m it'll be a virtual running of the Kentucky Derby and one place that unfortunately will not be showing it this year but as the heart of the city in his in its mind is Foley's New York City as you know Foley's has been around for many years and they were just featured this week by the Daily News and the Athletic so on the line right now is Mr. Sean Clancy Sean is the owner of the esteemed Foley's NYC bar and and sports bar. And so Sean, welcome to the program. Now, how are you doing? How, How are you feeling? And what's been this process like not having the bar up and running around March Madness and opening day?
0: I'm actually in Florida because what happened was when, when, um, they canceled St. Patrick's day and the big East, um, I had figured, you know, we didn't realise what was coming down the pike. So my, my girlfriend's actually she's uh she's a writer. She covers the Yankees for the Daily News, Chrissy Ackard. Um so she was in Florida, so I said, You know what? There's nothing I can do up here. I might as well I'll come down by you. So I came down here. I, I don't wanna say the wheels fell off because it's not there's this you know, it's it's a, it's a you know, we didn't know what was coming. So so I've been in Florida uh the whole time. Then when you know, when they basically shut the city down, fully closed. Um now I close we closed completely because um the biggest reason was I, I wasn't gonna put my staff in harm's way. We didn't know what we were dealing with. So, you know, I mean everyone's like, Oh well, why didn't you try and open for, for for uh you know takeout and delivery? But the issue with that is is twofold. One, like I said, I'm not having asking my guys to get on the buses and get on trains to come to the city, you know, for the sake of a couple of dollars. And the second reason is there's nobody living around Foley's. You know, we, we don't have, you know, if we don't have office workers, I mean, there's, you know, maybe four, maybe five, um, residential apartment blocks in the area. And, you know, that's not, that, that wouldn't warrant doing that. So what we've been doing is we've been closed, uh, my focus for the last eight weeks has purely been, I, I've continued to pay my, my staff. Um, I didn't, you know, furlough them or let them go. Um, uh, I spoke to all of them and I, you know, we didn't know how long this was going to last, but I spoke to all of them and I said, look, you know, I, said, I, I gave them the option of if they wanted to try and uh, start for unemployment, but in a lot of cases, it was more a case of, you know, like guys in the kitchen and stuff like that that live week to week. They couldn't afford to wait the, you know, the, the four or five weeks that people were, were, were waiting on, on unemployment. So I said, look, I'm going to do what I can to put money on to put food on your table. And that's what we've done. So that's what my focus has been. And I have to say that the uh, the customers have been phenomenal in, you know, with buying merchandise, buying gift cards. Uh, you know, they've, they've just proved what I have said all along, which was, what makes Foley's Foley's is the people. Oh, no, um, I, I, I have been, I,
1: without a doubt, Sean, Sean Clancy's who we're talking with. And of course, Foley's is a, is a staple of New York city. So to hear that they're still, you know, checking in with you guys, it's is good to hear. And I'm sure you get a lot of baseball guys, you know, sports reporters constantly talking to you about, about what's going on up here.
0: Um, yeah, to be honest with you, I, I, you know, I do, I have, I, I mean, um, there was a very nice story written about me, uh, the or written about Foley's in the athletic this week. The Daily News did something uh, earlier in the month, and actually, it's kind of funny. I later on today, um, I'm going on a radio station in Little Rock, Arkansas.
1: Wow how about how about that? I so- have
0: I, I have I have no idea what I am going to be talking to them about because I I went on the radio. I went on yesterday to try and get a feel for what I'm going to be doing, and these guys, I mean these guys are hardcore college football fans. And I was like, I don't even think I can name a, a, a single Razorback, but um, you know, it's uh, desperate. I guess that's what time is called for desperate measures.
1: Definitely. Well, obviously Razorback nation there in Arkansas. Now I've got to ask you this, obviously Foley has all these jerseys hanging up in the, in the rafters of the restaurant. Is it possible? We'll see some healthcare worker garb up there. Like those who maybe send the doctor, you know, jacket and all that from their time as a first responder. Could we see some of that
0: coming on in the few I, months? I'd be, I'd be honest with you. I mean, I don't. I I don't see something like that because of the fact that I mean, obviously, you got to remember. You, you know, a lot of that stuff is. You know, these guys are. It's. I do plan to do something for the first responders and for the people. Who, you know, who and not, I mean and across the board. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be. I mean something like hanging something up. But, like, before before we closed down, one of the things that um, we uh, had become rather popular at Foley's was um, every week we did a different stuffed burger, and every week we would honor, you know, different sports people, different people who had come through Foley's or what have you. Uh, what I'm hoping to be able to do once we reopen, uh, hopefully all going according to plan, is that what we're going to take that and we're going to honor um, – Different branches or different groups of people um, who, you know, who played a part fighting this pandemic, um, and that's and that's not just, you know, the first responders, doctors, nurses, but also the people like, you know, the people working in the supermarkets, the people working, you know, um, bank tellers, uh, sanitation workers, you know, all of the people who, you know got us through this because you know i mean the doctors what the doctors have done is unbelievable but when you consider all those other people who if they weren't doing what they were doing i mean are so you know i mean god knows you know if if we're not we haven't been getting out but when we make those you know uh whether it be once weekly or whatever trip to the supermarket or even you know the amazon delivery drivers so we we do i do plan um, I do plan to do what I can for the, those people as soon as we can. Uh, I, it's a, I feel a little powerless right now because I feel I should be doing more than I'm doing now. But my focus right now is taking care of my people.
1: Sean Clancy, um, you are the to tell us how you became. How how did you end up connecting with Foley's? What was that whole story like for those who may not know?
0: How did I become the owner of Foley's?
1: Yeah, how did you? Well, well I, I
0: mean. I'm a sixth generation bar owner. So bar business has been in my blood. Um, And I've been in New York for um, 29 years. Um, My my dream from I was 17 years of age was to own my own bar. But I never knew where it was going to be. You know, obviously, I worked in Ireland, I worked in London. um, And then I came to New York and literally within I, I guess I would have to say within two days of stepping off that plane, I felt more at home than I had anywhere else. And I knew that this was where I was going to, you know, this was where it was going to be. And that started probably a 15 or 16 year, uh, no, not quite, maybe 14 year plan where basically uh, everything was leading towards me owning my own bar. And so I it for a long time and then I managed for a while. And uh, I just through, actually through a, a random conversation. Uh, I found out about it. wasn't called Foley's at the time. It was called PG Kings. Um, and I met with the owner and uh, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I didn't have, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the proverbial pot to piss in, um, but he took a liking to me and um, he offered me a partnership I, 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 uh, floated the idea of a partnership and I was lucky enough that I had some friends here, um, who were willing to help me, uh, start that off. And basically what happened was I was lucky enough that I was able to buy half of it. Um, and then like eight years later, I was lucky enough to be able to buy the second half and, uh, so I've, you know, so, and that's, that's how that's how I came to be in police. And, and uh, you know, the rest, as I say, is history.
1: So uh, I just got a word from Mark Arne. He's very excited that we're doing this interview today. And, um, Sean, you, you get in, you're from Ireland, and obviously sports is big there. But when you realize the real estate, when you realize that this was right next to the garden, you really started to make Foley's a sports bar, right? Like, how did that formulate for you? How did you form it all?
0: Well, all the you, you know, actually, you know, you know, Alex, the funny thing about that is you're right. When, when I, I, I have, like I told you, I'm, I'm in New York since '91. I, um, before Foley's, and I'm 16 years at Foley's, but before Foley's, I spent almost 10 years um, at a bar that's no longer there. Um, that was a half a block from the garden. So, I, and, and I worked there. I got there like right after the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. But I was there for many, you know, for many great next next playoff runs, uh, Ranger playoff runs. Many uh, the Big East when the Big East was the Big East. So when you know when when I when I realized Foley's was, I was like, oh my god, this is great. I'm you know I'm basically a block and a half from the garden. But at the start, I realised that it was a block and a half. I might as well have been in Connecticut because it was almost too far. But as we began to develop a reputation as a sports bar, then we became the go-to for guys going to the garden, you know. And that was, I mean, that was kind of like a slow process. I, I mean, I, I I can sit here and say, yeah, I, I, you know, the follies is exactly what I had planned it was going to be. Trust me, I have totally, i never envisioned. I—I I could have envisioned that it was going to be what it is. I mean, uh, I, I, I opened the bar, um, and my goal was, like I said, i always wanted to open the bar. I agonised over well, what is it going to be. I mean, it's obviously with my background and the fact that I'm I'm Irish, so it's going to obviously be an Irish bar because there's a certain connotation to be to an Irish bar. You know, warm welcome, friendly atmosphere, good food, and. Uh, you know, it was it was basically sports came afterwards. I mean, I love baseball. I've always wanted. I've always been involved with baseball. And uh, I mean, I did want an Irish name that had a baseball connection, and that's why we came up with uh, Foley's after my uh, good friend and former Daily News sports our car- reporter and official score for the Yankees and the Mets, Red Foley. But uh, course, it was Tom it, it, it evolve over time.
1: Tom Foley's jersey of the Rays is actually hanging up there in the, in the rafters as well.
0: It certainly is. It certainly is. Tom is a good dude. Actually, Tom just retired. Um, yeah, he was, he, he, you know, a bit, What? how, how we got to know, uh, the one thing you know, about uh, uh, you, uh, people may may or not may know what baseball is, but it's, it's, um, it's very circular in the, in the sense that everybody, not that everybody knows everybody else, but basically, it's kind of like the six degrees of separation. And that is, I can take two people. And I've and, and done it on, on numerous occasions where, you know, I'm sitting at the bar and, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, or Seattle Mariners are in town. And I'm sitting with the, the clubhouse guys for the, for, for the uh, Mariners. And in will come one of the re- the 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 Armsteader replay. And I can sit the two guys together. You know the, the replay guy can be from Michigan, and like I said, this guy's from Seattle. Within three people, they know the same. They'll, they'll, they'll have a person in common, and they'll have something to talk about. Or we start talking about what hotels they stay in in different cities and different airports, and away you go. So basically, what, how, how it started was, um, as every baseball team would come to town, I had a friend at the time who worked for MLB.com on the radio side. This is before the network, mm-hmm. and uh, so I would reach out to him and I'd say, "Hey, do you have anybody's on the Angels, the Astros, Mariners, whoever it might be?" And uh, he would say, "Yeah, so and so." You know, his, he'd tell me, his, his, yeah. he says, says so and so's a good friend of mine." I would, he say, "Give me his email address." So I'd email him and say, "Hey, look, if it suits, love to have you stop by, see the bar." Um, and that's kind of where we got the idea of having these guys sign baseballs.
1: We all gather for playoff games and other sports as well. Like every sport you guys are locked and loaded for. So I've got to ask you this, Sean, you see the reports, you see that maybe there are plans starting the league soon. How does that make you feel as a guy who, who runs a sports bar? How is that making you feel? And are you worried that we could reopen the seasons too fast? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, oh, to be honest with you, Alex, it's 2 uh, twofold. Uh, I think, um, I mean, i from the, from the biz, from a business point of view, I do worry about the future of bars because I, until there's a vaccine and until there's a cure, I mean, people are going to be very skeptical and very worried. And, you know, and I think, I don't know if they're going to be comfortable to be in, in a bar surrounding, you know, I mean, because, you know, for, for the most part, they're, you know, fairly intimate. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're not going to have, I mean, people, one of the reasons why people go to bars to watch those sporting events is the crowd mentality and then you feed up the atmosphere of the crowd, you know, you're not going to have that if everybody's six feet apart. um, From, and I I think, to be honest, I feel the same way about these leagues. I think, you know, the the question that really hasn't been answered is, like, if you want to, if you want to look at what happened, I mean, you know, they, they shut everything down on one and on, you know, really good days, positive test. So the, my, my question is what happens if we reopen, which we're going to, I mean, NASCAR starting back up in two weeks um, and there's another positive test. Does that shut everything down? I mean, this whole idea of quarantining, of quarantining the, you know, everybody, it's, it's, it's physically impossible, you know, and especially if they're going to do it. I mean, i you know I've been listening to a lot of the the different players and the different managers and they're all saying the right things, but this is people's health we're dealing with. I mean, there's you know you, you you I mean you you read the stories you know I mean and you know what we we don't even know the stories because when when this is all over and you know the the like the, the nurses and all the rest of it who you know have just watched you know there, there's a story in one of the papers yesterday about. Um, you know, like someone dying, and no one can go to the grave mm. One family member, one family member can sit in the hearse. So, you know, I. I when you see, and here's the thing, I, I know that they may not know it better than we do. But across Europe, all the soccer leagues are shutting down. They're basically saying, "Okay, you know what? We're not starting back up. Whatever the standings were, that's it." So, well,
1: right, and, know, and a I lot mean, of them they they tried to play with an empty crowd but the empty save that didn't really work, did it?
0: They never even got that far. But the soccer players never even got that far. And like, I think the French League has closed down, the Dutch League has closed down, the Spanish League has closed down. The German, the Bundesliga hasn't decided yet and neither has has the, has the Premier League in, 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 uh, in England. But, you know, it's you know we're dealing with we don't know what we're dealing with. I mean it's it's every day the news is different. You know the doctors are dealing. This is completely new to all those people. So, you know my my um, my concern first and foremost has got to be safety. I think you have got to be you've got to be, you you know you have to be um, you can't be putting people's lives at risk. And it's it's all well and good to say well it'd be great to have sports come back and we have something to take our minds off things and something to watch and you know so we're not watching tiger king and and uh but but truly i think we have to look at the big picture and we have to say you know what these are people's lives and that's why i think you know you know the nba talking about about uh disney world is it's i mean it sounds cool i mean the whole idea i i you know what when they were talking about the. Uh, Baseball opening, you know, in the two different locations and having the difference, you know, having uh, you know the different divisions. Um, that was good for everybody except the Mets. Because I think uh, if you look at if you look at and even the one they're talking about now, where they're going to do it, you know, where they're going to divide it up and do it. Um, the, uh, the thing the team that gets screwed is the Mets because look at you know you're now putting them into a league with you know the Nationals, the Yankees, the Red Sox. Uh, you know, the the Braves, you know, they're they're now, you know, they're in the strongest division when this was probably their year to shine. Um, And it's great to be able to talk about baseball, you know, but the realist in me thinks, like I said, twofold. I think first and foremost, I think from the bar point of view, I don't see people being comfortable going back to a bar until there's a cure and there's a vaccine. And that's Going to be the issue because, you know, for a place like Foley's we need the people,
1: Yes. and
0: that's yep. what concern, that's what concerns me. Because, you know, I, trust me, it's, it's it's all well and good saying, "Oh well, you know, we can't wait to get back there," but, you know, deep down, like the, you know, like like I said, I'm in Florida, and they're opening up the bars, restaurants with outdoor spaces here on Monday, but i got to be honest with you, I'm not 100% comfortable with that just yet because the testing isn't in place, you know. the guy Nothing that's is in place, really. Probably... I
1: mean, hopefully, but not right now, right? So it's it's a little risky. It's very risky. I, it,
0: it, it, to be honest with you, it is. I mean, that's that, that's that's my concern is that, you know what, uh, like, everyone says, oh, don't worry, you know, um, you know don't worry, but, you know, everything really will be fine. And, and yeah, everything really probably will be fine. And you know what? We, they, things won't return to normal because there's a new normal coming. And we don't know what that normal is. But, Sean, I've, got to, I've
1: yeah. got to ask you about the day the Big East played half, half of the St. John's Creighton game. What was the atmosphere like at Foley's when they called it off? I mean, this was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. They play a half of a tournament game yeah. and they just call it all off.
0: Yeah, I. I what we have, which was more, so bizarre. What was even more bizarre was you know, the fact that they played the night before with fans in the stands, whereas, you know, what is it, six miles away in Brooklyn? Um, I think the ACC played with nobody. Um, truthfully, from a Foley's point of view, there was nobody in the place because that's when that was at the very start of this and people were kind of running scared. Um, the, uh, that was just right as I was getting ready to come down here. And uh, you know we were we were the game was on and we were you know we that's a busy, normally a really busy time for us so we were we didn't know what to expect whether we were going to be busy or we weren't being busy and uh, you know so I was running around in like six different directions and. You know, get, watch it, I'm watching the game, but I'm not watching the game from a scoring or anything point of view. I'm watching the game from a, okay, where are we in the game? Because I need to keep an eye on it. Because normally, once that first game ends, you know, they all come rushing in to grab something before they go back for the second one. You know, and uh, at the corner of my eye, I'm like, I look up and I, I asked someone at the bar, it. I said, where are they in the game? He said, oh, you didn't hear? I said, no. He said, they called us. Said, you know, I was like, okay. That's something that, that's something that would happen in Ireland. Not necessarily here, but I was like, yeah, not exactly one of their uh, smartest moves.
1: It really wasn't. But but then the whole thing got canceled. And you know what's crazy is that the, the garden was scheduled to have the East Regional as well, if I'm not mistaken, later in the month. Yes.
0: Yeah, it was. We were actually gearing up for that. Um, you know, I mean, people. You know, people have told me that. Like, oh my God, this happened at the worst time for you. I mean, truthfully, I mean, Alex, I have to be honest with you. I business doesn't at a time like this. Business doesn't matter. You know, I'm not concerned with business because you know what? There are, people are more important than. I mean, people are always more important than money. But it's just like you know what? I I live my life by one very simple rule. It's like I don't worry about things I don't control. And I didn't control this. So it was a case of, you know what, I'm going to do what I can for the people that I can. Um, but yes, it, it couldn't have come at a worse time because, um, you know, to give it to you in chronological order, St. Patrick's Day, sorry, the Big East Basketball Tournament, St. Patrick's Day, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, I think the uh, Sweet 16 and the or the, Elite Eight, Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight were in the Garden. Um and then you have, for us, uh, a day that's every bit as big as St. Patrick's Day is opening day. Yeah. yeah. The, N- the NCAA the Final Four and the, and, the, and the championship game. and you, you, you Basically, you have two opening days because obviously, if the, if the, you know, like for example, this year the Yankees were opening in Baltimore, so you have that second. Now, the second one's not nearly as big as the first one. like The last three years, opening day became a bigger day for me than St. Patrick's Day. And there aren't too many bars that can say that.
1: No, you know? no. I, Sean, I've got to ask you, though, since we're going sort of a um, – I want to get back to like a positive kind of thing, whereas give us your sure. favorite memory. I mean, I know you have tons of them, but in the limited time we have, give us a memory that our, our listeners can think about and remember and maybe even remember with you if they listened and were there at the time that stands out to you uh, on this day.
0: Are we talking about a memory from Foley's?
1: Yeah, a memory from Foley's that people could cling on to for a minute to escape whatever we're dealing with right now.
0: Um, Actually, it's kind of funny because I I was was, uh, chatting by text with this guy last night, but uh, um, the article that was written in The Athletic um, mentions that his first night in New York, uh, David Wright came to Foley's, and uh, it was – quite an eye-opening experience for me because, I mean, as you well know, I mean, being in New York, um, you know, whenever there's, a, whenever there's a phenom in the minors, the, the, the Mets and the Yankees and the media that cover the Mets and the Yankees do a great job in hyping these people, you know, whether it be Jabba Chamberlain or, you know, Robinson Cano or, you know, Pete Alonso or these guys, you know. So, you know, we, everybody knew everything there was to know about David Wright before David Wright came up. Came up. And I'm in Foley's. It's like a Wednesday night about 10 o'clock, and I'm getting ready to head home. And all of a sudden, a good friend of mine, Joe McEwing, calls me. And he's like, hey, are you there? There's somebody I want you to meet. I'm not like, sure. So Joe shows up with David Wright. I mean, I was blown away. You know, so that began a um, relationship with David. And uh, we stayed good friends. He, he lived around the corner from me for a while. And, you know, he would stop by after a game, and he'd sit, in, you know, and it's funny because he loves coming to folies, but when the Mets started, you know, when the Mets were doing well, but then when the Mets weren't doing well, it was just like, you know, he'd get up to go to the bathroom, and some guy would be telling them you know, at the stall that, or that he needed to adjust his stance, or he needed to stand closer to the place. Um, but then uh, the other moment was so as David's career is winding down, and you know, it was, it was, I, I, I will say. It's I'm not a Mets fan, but I've always been a fan of David's. Um, you know, and it was sad to see it coming to the end, and especially coming to the end the way it did. Um, so, you know, we, we honoured him by renaming Foley's in his honour uh, for the last weekend, and we, you know, you know, we donated, I think it was $10,000 to the Ronald McDonald uh, in his name. But... Uh, he reached out to me and he said, like, "Hey, you know, how late are you open on Saturday night?" Uh, and I'm like, you know, and I, that was—I knew that was like going to be the last night that he played. And I'm like, I said, "I don't know why you're asking." I said, "But if you're asking," I said, "For you, I said, it's as open as late as you want it to be." And he said, "I'm coming to the uh, and I said, like, "I thought like I didn't tell anybody." Um, and uh, I said, look, you don't need, I don't want you to feel like you're under, I know he said, he said, I started the 40s. He said, I'm coming to 40s. Wow. And uh, so, so I go to the game, um, you know, and it was a great game and, and it well, it was a great game until I went in text innings. Because <laughs> the longer yeah. it goes in extra trainings, I'm thinking there's no way in hell that, uh, there's no way in the world that's a, He's going to come back, you know. So then I began to think, okay. Um, as you know, I have a pretty extensive um, memorabilia collection. So I, uh, I'm trying to figure out, okay, I need to get a baseball from this game. But the Mets had um, the Mets had had two different guys basically collecting everything to do with this game, and uh, they're authenticators. And I'm like, I'm never going to get by these guys. Well, as luck would have it, I caught a ball um, in, the, uh, in the bottom of the eighth inning. So, of course, I took a picture. I put it on social media. Game finally ended. I uh, headed back to Foley's. It was a decent crowd of Foley's. And, and uh, you know, the, for me, were always the coolest things. is when you can do something for somebody else, and, and especially when they're not expecting it. So I walk in and this lady comes up to me and she's like, she's like, hi, you don't know me. I follow you on Twitter. She's like, I just want to let you know. She's like, we went out to, we went out to uh, City Field um, to go to, I bought, I bought tickets from my husband for David's last game. But when we got there, the tickets were fake. And I just said to her, I said, look, I feel really bad. I'm sorry. I said, look, Let me buy you a drink. I said, just do me a favor. I said, just hang around. She said, I said, just hang around. (laughs) And then um, at this point, um, Christy was covering the mess at the time. And Christy was stopping by Foley's, um, you know, on her way home. And uh, as she was leaving, she said, she said, I don't know if David's coming because he's still in the parking lot and he's still signing autographs. And this is like one o'clock in the morning. Well, anyway, uh, Christine and Ed uh, Coleman, they stop by. And the next thing is, I'm, in the back, I'm talk, I, I see these guys wandering around. Whenever I see anybody wandering around, for always, I always like to, you know, introduce them in case there's something that I can show them or something that they might like to see. And here's four guys in, in match uniforms, uh, uh I get chatting with them, and it turns out that uh, the previous summer, there had been a very bad uh, school bus accident in Jersey. And these guys were either teachers or parents of the kids that were involved in that accident. And they had gone to the game because David had reached out and been, you know, had had been there for them when this happened and they wanted to kind of pay their respects. So, so again, the same thing. I said, hey, look, I said, why don't you just have a beer? I bought them a beer, you know, on the off chance. And sure enough, um, about a half hour later, I see David's two brothers who I knew. Come, walk, come walking in, and, uh, you know, I'll give them a hug, which I don't know we can do anymore. And uh, they're like, we're so excited to be here. They're like, you know, David done nothing, he said but talk about Foley's and what Foley's means to him. And he said, I can't tell you what it means to our family, you know, to be able to say goodbye here. So that meant I knew he was coming. So sure enough, half hour later, he comes in. We David and I have a great relationship, and there's a lot of ball busting done, and there's a lot of mm. uh, fun made of each other. And we've like I said, I've known him since his first night in New York. And uh, so, well, Sean, you know, I've got I've he, got a so, story
1: kind of like I got to throw out the first pitch at Shea Stadium, and who was the fir- one of the first people I saw after I fist Willie Willie Randolph was David Wright, and so the Queens Courier got a picture of me and him. Basically, at the same age, you know, he was starting out back then in 05 and 06, and I was like, it was like his first couple of years, and I got a picture with him, and we stayed in touch whenever I'd ever had seen him at the game. So he was he was quite the character. He was a character. Oh, very you know, much and I, so. He had a character. You know what I mean? He was he was always but, there
0: for us, so it was, it was great. But just to finish the story, so he comes in, he gives me a hug, and uh, he says to me, he said, Did you, did you catch a ball at the game? And I'm like, how the hell did you know that I caught a ball at the game? He's like, they were talking about it in the clubhouse. I'm like, really? The Mets clubhouse has nothing better to do with talk about the fact that I caught a ball at your game. You know, and then they started this whole thing. It's like, well, did you catch it or did you pick it up? And I'm like, what are you talking about? That guy? And I said, I caught the ball. And I said, hold on a second. I said, you were over there at third base tonight. I said, you had one play. I said, did you catch it or did you pick it up? It was a little bit different. So I, I, I had him sign the ball. And what he wrote on is like, to Sean, great catch, and in parentheses, uh, David Wright. But when you say about great moments, so the couple that were sitting at the bar who, you know, she was in tears because they didn't get to the game. To be able to bring David over and introduce David to them and to take David into the back with those parents and teachers. And to one of them broke down and he's like, you know, you, you, my, you might be doing a reason my son is still here because... The message you sent was what you know. That's that's what that's what Folies means to me. It's it's you know it's great to be able to talk about all the different people that I've met and all the different people that have come to Foley's. But when you're able to do something for somebody else, and like I said, it's it's very simple. You know, David went over. You know, said hello, took some pictures, signed the shirt. You know, and then, and that's that's all it means. That's that means more to them than that. You know. And last thing I would say on that, I have um, we we have a couple of. Uh, customers who are very very loyal customers who are also parts of members of the seven line army and um, one of them is a guy that's got, dealing with some serious health issues he was the only guy that i told uh, i told you know you should come back to photos afterwards i can't promise anything but you should come back so he came back with and there was only like four or five of his friends and ed coleman was there so they wanted a picture with ed coleman um so I have so David took the picture. So I have a picture that actually Christy took, um, and it's these people having the picture taken with Ed Coleman, but David writes the photographer.
1: That is so amazing. Well, that is that's very cool, and I'm I'm glad you were able to share that with us today. And as we're talking, it comes to mind. Um, you know, you've been great to Ray Negron and and I when whenever we're there. So thank you for being such an amazing host The times that I've been there and that Ray's been there. I mean, you're part of the family, you know, we're all kind of a family here.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, Foley is a a family. I mean, we're all, we're, and, and that's, that's kind of what I've been saying through all of this is that, you know, it's, 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 we, we've got to be there for each other. We've got to do what we can. um, And that's, that's my my goal. I mean, if I've learned anything through all of this, it's like you know what. I I hope that you know. I mean, something good has to come out of this, and I hope it's that you know we kind of realize what's important. You know, I mean, I, I saw uh, Howard Stern was interviewing David Letterman, and Letterman was saying about you know his kids a teenager, and it's like he'd never have gotten the opportunity to spend this much time with his son if it wasn't for this. You know, and, um, you know, we just have to be thankful for what we have. And moving forward, just, you know, we have to, my think if we we all do a little, you know, if we can all turn the compassion and the outpouring of love that we've all had for the doctors and nurses and teachers and first responders, I mean, if we can focus that, you know, on the less fortunate, the people that, you know, within our own country that are going, going to, you know, I mean, there's a lot of kids going to bed hungry before this started. Well, there's a hell of a lot more now, you know? Mm. So hopefully something good can come out of all of this. And, you know, and and in time, we get back in the baseball field and we'll get back, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like, um, how long have we gone and no one's mentioned the Wilpons. You know, so it's like, it's like, you know, there's, uh, you know, we're, 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 if we can become a more compassionate people, or getting back to being more compassionate, then something good has happened. You know, and yeah, when we can get back to roaring and screaming about um, the D, the DH in the uh, National <laughs> League or how bad the Knicks are, you know.
1: Right. Hey, Sean. Be, you know, we could wake up and A Rod owns the owns the Mets. I mean, that could be a possibility
0: here. Hey, you know what? I mean, it's. Uh, I don't think... I, you know what? I think he might be the most misunderstood celebrity that's ever come from New York. Uh, and, the, and the funny thing, I, I always laugh because Yankee fans don't like him. And Yankee fans don't like him for two reasons. Um, one is because um, he signed that big contract. And the second reason, what he said about Cheetah, that Cheetah would never have gotten his contract without him, which is the truth. You know, but, you know, I mean, I I, I would be... A, I wouldn't be a huge A-Rod fan, but I'd have more respect for him than I would for, I mean, he did something for the Yankees, Jeter. I mean, he won, the Yankees don't win the '09 9 World Series without, without uh, A-Rod. I mean, Jeter was on the team that, you know, had a lot of, uh, you know, he was he was never the guy, but a did. But that's a story for another day.
1: Well, I want to definitely bring you back when things start to unfold. These plans might move rapidly, more rapidly than we think. So once we start seeing plans start to take place, come back and talk to us about it.
0: For sure. And Love how to. Foley's
1: reacts. So thanks so much. That was Sean Clancy, the owner of Foley's NYC, which you can follow them right there, Foley's NYC on Twitter, right? Yes. So uh, And catch for their sure. articles about them in The Athletic and The Daily News. Sean, thanks so much for joining us.
0: No problem, Alex. Take care.
1: Take care. Well, thanks again Sean Clancy, the owner of Foley's NYC. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I may be a bit down memory lane about with David Wright and his time here in New York as well as other things. But um I did some research as we were talking. Did you know that the Kentucky Derby is going to be quite incredible. Why? Well, here's what's happening. According to Travel and Leisure, and they're breaking it down for us, they are going to pit, that's right, pit 13 Triple Crown winners of the past, including Secretariat. They're going to pit them all together, and an algorithm will be used to determine their likely finishing positions, taking into account the horse's historical handicapping information. Kevin Flannery, the president of the Churchdown Racetrack, said this, The first Saturday in May marks an iconic day, so we want to honor the spirit of that tradition by hosting a Kentucky Derby and nationwide at-home party to bring people together virtually at the time when we need to feel connected the most. So, folks, the NFL drafted this draft at home. It was really remarkable, actually. It wasn't even like a Zoom meeting. It was a professionally done draft, and people had the legitimate... Wonders how their team's drafted, like any other draft, and now this. So, folks, I, I love the people working to give us some normalcy. And in honor of the virtual Kentucky Derby, I've got to play you this. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the guy named Spike Jones, but he did a play off uh, William Tell Overture, and it's it's probably one of the funniest things you might hear today. So, I want to play you that. Spike Jones, J O N E S, not Jones. J O N Z E Spike Jones, the original. He had this incredible William Tell Overture, and I just want a cover of it. And I wanted to play it for you to end this Saturday sit down. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back in again tomorrow. So stay with us. Thanks so much. <laughs>
2: day for the race. Food's hand is the favorite today. Assault is in there. Dog biscuit is three to one. Safety pin has been scratched. And at 20 to one, beetle bomb. Now the horses are approaching the starting gate. And uh, there! Going to the front, Cabbage is second on the rail. Beautiful Linda is third by a length and a fetal bomb. Around the first turn, Stu john is still in front. Cabbage is second by a head. Cabbage by a head! Beautiful Linda is third and a beetle bomb. Into the back stretch, Dog Biscuit is now leading the pack Lady Evelyn is second, very close Banana is coming up through the bunch Banana coming up through the bunch And Fetal Bomb At the half, Stu Chan still out in front Apartment House is second with plenty of room Assault is passing battery, assault battery Notary, so Jack is fourth And in last place by ten lengths I believe it is, yes it is, Fetal Bomb Around a turn, heading for home. It's two and dog biscuit, and girdle in the stretch. Flying Sylvester is third, and mother-in-law nagging in the rear.
1: Oh, oh,
2: oh. And now they come down to the wire. And it's number one, and now number two. And it's very close. It'll either to be a photo finish or an oil painting. And now Lewis leads with a left. And Lewis is in there slugging. And it's a battle. And now they're tearing hair. There's hair all over the ring. There's hair all over the place. I don't know whose hair it is. It's mine. And there goes the winner. <laughs>